Hello and welcome. I am so glad you're here. I'm Beth, a creator-based coach with CMH Coaching for Life. I'm here today to help you and those you love create a life you feel grounded and at home in. Think of a life where you feel peace, love for those around you, and in a flow with just enough challenge to keep you happy and creating something wonderful. Sounds like magic, but it's not. You can create that life every single day. You can have a life full of love, excitement, hope, and creation. Our mission at CMH Coaching is to flood the earth with light through compassion, mindfulness, and hope. And I'm going to ask a favor of you. If you like what you see and hear today, think of someone you know that would enjoy and benefit from this message. Our mission is to flood the world with compassion, mindfulness, and hope. Share this with them. But for now, this is time just for you. So settle into whatever you're doing and enjoy this time with the girls where we create that one awesome, amazing, perfect life every one of us is seeking. Welcome, Kaisa. Those of you who have never met Kaisa, she is an amazing 29-year-old. Can I tell people? I mean, for real, that's not a lie. <laughs> she really is. No. <laughs> it's amazing. With just an incredible story. And y'all know me. I love stories. I'm a story girl. And um, she she has been on a journey just like all of us in life and um has had her ups and her downs and her challenges um and through that has is has and is continuing to learn who she is and she has a oh my gosh she has a youtube channel that a very successful youtube channel very successful um uh, gosh, why did TikTok. I get TikTok? Thank you. I'm like, it's not Facebook. It's not, it's TikTok. <laughs> and, um, she's just learned a ton through this journey, but I also know Kaisa personally, and I know that she is a, she likes things to be perfect. <laughs> and yes. she, expects, but she doesn't expect that of others. Do you Kaisa? No, not just, at all. Just of yourself, correct? Yes. All right. So yes. tell us about what Kaisa expects out of Kaisa. Perfection. I expect <laughs> to be top tier human material. But the problem is, is nobody has really given that definition. It's just me taking perfection from any realm, all the realms to create this superhuman that I should be able to attain, right? Like that should just be me. But um, as it's interesting as you were talking about, like I've been a perfectionist for a very long time, or I should say I'm a healing perfectionist or a, what is the word? I, I can't even think you of know it what? right now. We're they call it recovering, but there we go. Say that term forever. There is no, and you will love anymore. it. Okay. But you know, I was actually talking about this earlier with my mother and I was like, man, I have had to like, I've been knocked down a little bit to realize like 
perfectionism is, you know, as hard as we try, we will always fall short and we will always be left in misery. And I think it's been later on in my life, I've realized that life is too short to be that, that way. So that hard on ourselves, right? Yeah. And it constantly puts you in a place where you hate yourself and you literally can't get along with yourself. And I know as far as like starting my own business and doing all of that and like um, having content that flops and then finding out what makes content do really well. It's always the content where I am just being myself, where I'm not trying to be this superhuman, where I am just accepting the fact that I am a little bit quirky or whatever adjectives I want to use. And that's okay. And it's, yeah. It's It's God designed, right? We're different by design. You're supposed to be that way. Yeah. And like, and that's, I'm sure that's why things do so well when you are that way. It's crazy what happens when you're just yourself. It's like mind boggling (laughs) because it's like all of these expectations. Well, where did they come from? They Mm. came from you seeing something and saying, oh, that'd be really awesome. And then you trying to force yourself to be that thing. And to be honest, like I would say it definitely at some parts of my life, like that thinking made me really, really ill. So yeah, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole process. So do you feel like if I say the words control versus power, and I gave you kind of a little blurb on that to think about. So as you think about power and the thing that I asked you, wanted you to think about was power comes in many forms. It comes in anger, love, joy, wealth, intelligence, beauty, and you probably thought of some others. And then control is often manipulative and and insistent. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's insistent on being in charge. Uh, Sometimes it can be dominating, forceful, and grasping. So when, you know, when I sent you that text, what were your thoughts on those definitions? Yeah. So you made me go way, way back in my deep, dark past, um, because I honestly thought about what kind of started me on this whole trying to be perfect and trying Mm -hmm. to be this persona and to control essentially what people thought of me or what people would, you know, how they would react to me. And it really stems down to being afraid of facing my weaknesses. And one of the earliest weaknesses I ever remember identifying is being dyslexic um, Mm -hmm. and really struggling with learning or comprehension. And um, it didn't help that I had a sibling who was like considered genius and was, you know, people wanted to put him in like the tag program, um, like for the super smart kids. And here I was, he's amazing. Just like you, it's hard to be in that shadow because it's so easy to start when you've got that comparison that you're comparing yourself to. And especially when that shadow is younger than you. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
even more infuriating. I think you were all stacked up to learn stuff there. Yeah. So, you know, it was just one of those things where, you know, there's only two of us and, oh, Kaisa has a hard time reading Sam the Worm, but here's Stefan reading The Hobbit in the first grade. Like, you know, for someone who is, that was just a really sensitive and observation that I was very made aware, not, not from my parents' perspective, mind you, but just competition, right? And then I have a, a, it's in my nature to be competitive. So, you know, there it was. So um, it came from this whole idea of, I don't want people to know that I have dyslexia, that I struggle with learning. I want people to see me as being smart. And so that started this whole like plot for, you know, later chapters in my life of wanting people to see me as someone who was smart, somebody who could run in the same circles as my sibling, right? So, um, you know, and I think about um, when I moved up through the grades and I was, you know, very careful as to make sure that I had perfect grades, that if people knew my scores, they only saw the best ones um, and kind of creating this whole narrative that didn't, didn't fit um, me personally. Um, not saying that I'm stupid. I'm just smart in a different way. And for a long time, I was only working on this very flat definition of what it meant to be intelligent, which was just book smart. And there wasn't room for any kind of adaptation to that. And as I thought about like control and power, it's like, that's the whole control. You're trying to control this very specific definition and you're trying to force yourself to live up to that definition. When in all reality, how many different perspectives are there to look at the word, right? Smart, maybe you're emotionally intelligent, maybe you're socially intelligent, maybe you're really, really creative, maybe, you know, all of these things. But at that particular time in my life, being smart, being intelligent was getting perfect grades. It was taking the hardest classes. It was gearing up to be in the best college where you would be able to get into a very, um, into a career that was very academic. Um, like I remember, um, giving the valedictorian speech with, Jessica, Jacine's daughter, and saying, my future is I'm going to be a pharmacist, or I'm going to be something in science. And I just reveled in people's response to that. Because for me, that was feeding the perfectionist monster of like, well, I got the good grades. So I'm controlling how people see me, which is intelligent. Um, which I think when you are in that pattern for a very long time, just using the whole adjective of being smart as an example, it's, it's really hard to break out of. So, 
Yeah. But when you did, because clearly you have broken out of that, even though it might yes. be, it might be, you know, occasional raises a Ted kind of thing, but you recognize mm-hmm. it, you've done it. When you did break out of that, what happened to your, your personal sense of power? Yeah. So that leads into that other part because, and I think it actually took JC sending that question for me to realize it because yeah. it actually just happened like a couple of years ago, like in 2020, um, I had graduated from college. I had sort of accepted some form of you know, not being a perfectionism because, or perfectionist, because I had graduated with a degree in uh, geography during a pandemic. What are you going to do in tourism when it's the biggest (laughs) joke of my life, to be honest. And um, listen, I will never, it will never get old for me to tell that joke. And I, And I remember working like these phone jobs, like um, I am my father's daughter. I'm good at sales. I don't feel good doing sales, but I'm good at it. And I was just like, this is, this is not what I want to do. And at the same time, I was like trying to figure out what I wanted to do because I was like, pandemic, can't do anything in tourism maybe we'll actually look at getting into like some kind of business school to get some kind of business degree or get into marketing, um, which I always wanted to get into. Um, And I remember studying for the GMAT. Okay. And I took it that fall of 2020 and I absolutely bombed it. I did so horrible. And to be honest, I remember looking at the computer screen with my score and thinking, how many times have I done this? How many times have I taken a test and seen a poor score and thought, what am I going to do to change this score so it's high enough to get me to the next point? Yep. Like I did that in high school. I did that all throughout junior high, middle school, elementary. I did that all in college, like thinking about what the next program was going to be, what was going to make me seem the smartest. Mm-hmm. And extra credit, right? Yeah. 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 What, how, how can I do extra? Mm-hmm. What could I, what can I put on my, yes. What can I put on my resume to show that I am smart? Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, I don't want to do that again. Like I just, the, the exhaustion that I just, the the heaviness of it. Yeah. And it was, and I, and it hit me how familiar that exhaustion was. Because I was like, I'd have to get a tutor. I would have to study for months. There's still a good chance my score isn't going to be high enough. That had already happened before with like the ACT. So I had to like go the long way around to get into a good college. I I was just like, I just finished this. Why am I doing this to myself again? And it's interesting because um, I got on the phone with my brother 
Stefan, who knows me so well, it hurts sometimes. And I told, he's like, how'd you do on the GMAT? And I was like, I did awful. And he's like, I knew you would. And I was like, that's that's like the the obvious answer from, from a brother, right? Yes. And I was like, I feel so much better. Yeah. I'm like, love you too. And he's like, no, seriously, I do not understand why you took it in the first place. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the, what the heck? He's like, listen, I'm a much better test taker than you. Like we know this, this is facts. I wouldn't take the GMAT. Why, what are you doing? What are you thinking? And I was like, you know, from anybody else, I might be crying right now, but I'm just a little bit in shock. And he's like, you know, he's like, you, we need to figure something else out for you because this whole idea of you trying to take this test to get into school, that this is not who you are. This has never been who you are. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you're just like, oh, way to like, you know, put the hammer right there on the weak spot on my insecurities that I never really talked to you about before, but you always but I, saw, okay. Everything that I'm not, right? It's that- yeah that lack and that yeah yeah exactly he's a real gift though what a gift for him to just speak it right out loud as awful as it was yeah who else (laughs) would you have had to I mean mom and dad wouldn't have said that right they would have said oh they're there it's okay no you need your brother yeah I I needed some tough brotherly love and there he was all but willing to give it and and he's like listen like listen you know I went to college and I got my degree in like websites and coding and online businesses and all of these things and I've tried to like launch something but I can't do it because I don't have the creative part have you thought about turning your blog into a YouTube channel? And I was like, no, me on YouTube. Like people see my face. Wait a minute. Yeah. Like people would listen to me. Why would they listen to me? Um, or even want to watch anything I make or whatever. And he's like, listen, you made me like be the victim of all your films in high school. Maybe you should actually give it a, give it a chance. You know, <laughs> the amount of music videos I've made just with him, like lip syncing, it's ridiculous. But anyway, so I was like, you know, at that particular point with the perfectionism, like it was literally a moment of like, what do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. What do yeah. I have to lose? I've already, I've already hit the exhaustion and I haven't even started. I'm like, I don't want to do that whole cycle again. Yep. I see that. Yeah. And well, yeah. perfectionism, it's so all or nothing, right? Because yeah. you're perfect or you're not perfect. So when he called you out, where did you have to go? Yeah. And I was like, okay. Sure. why not so 
like that call was in November and like November to December, I spent making like 30 um, YouTube videos to go with corresponding blogs. And then it launched on January 1st of 2021. And, you know, ever since then, it's just been a bunch of little baby steps, little promptings, little things in my inner circle of people saying, hey, have you thought doing this? Or, hey, do you, how about this? And, you know, it also makes me think about like before in my life with being the perfectionist and whatever, all of those thoughts always came from me. Like, you should do this. You should be this. It was always for me. And it turns out that I'm a very unreasonable person when I make demands of myself. It's like crazy how that works out. And it's I like realize all of us. Yeah. And we like, are all so unreasonable with ourselves. I love that. Yeah. Saying, you're yeah. saying these things. And I'm like, is she just describing my life? I mean, yeah. Like, this is my twin right here. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And here's the thing. Like, the things that I was asking and demanding of myself, nobody else was saying that to me. Like, nobody. Right. And I was like... Well, hold up a second. This is just awkward on all fronts. Like all self-imposed. Yeah. And, you know, it's like there's a certain amount of perfectionism that comes as a content creator because, you know, you make this video. Maybe you spend a few hours, like, coming up with the concept, figuring out the angles, figuring out the music, figuring out the different parts to make this video and you put it up and you're just like yes this is it like I am funny I am smart making this and it gets five views and you're just like (laughs) well sorry I put in the effort and but that's just it like I realized with being a perfectionist it's all about controlling what you think is perfection but that is has nothing to do with how people perceive you and yeah. to be honest in those moments people didn't receive me well but then when i posted a video of me in my cpap mask since i have severe sleep apnea and being like you know what i am how old was i i was 27 i have severe sleep apnea because i have narrow airways This is far from where any 27-year-old wants to be. And to be honest, like, does the CPAP make me healthy? Does it help me live my life? Does it, it does, but it's something I wish I didn't have to deal with. Absolutely. So me being the sarcastic person that I am just made the video showing that with a sound clip and boom, 5 million hits. And I'm just like, what? Okay. Yeah, that is not perfect, but perfectly that's you. The power is. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's the power is. The, the thing that I love about perfectionism is we really are designed to want perfection. Most of us yeah. all just want to be better, but it's when we do it for somebody else that we get out of control. And when yeah. we're just who we are and we embrace who we are, five million hits, Kaisa. Five million hits. And I was like, man, there's something to be said with just being yourself. Yep. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? So, 
Yeah. That's where the power comes in. I love that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So crazy, crazy time. And you know, it's just like, I think with being a perfectionist, it's, it's definitely something that it's like, Ooh, but like, it's so nice looking. Like I mm-hmm. want to look at it. Yes. I want to go for it. So but pretty. Then, yeah. It's yeah. so, it's so pretty. But then whenever I like, I feel this way whenever I'm like, Oh yeah. Tempted to like reach out to grab it. I fall on my face and realize, Oh yeah, I'm not perfect. Can't go there. So I like we're just going to make it. Work. It's, it's nice looking because it is nice looking, but it's not nice feeling. It's yeah. it's the nice feeling that really makes the difference. Yeah. Because it's what's speaking yeah. to your heart. Yeah. Perfection. Yeah. The way that I think I've always done it, it doesn't feel good. It's a struggle. It's just, it's, I'm having to work for something that honestly is not myself. It's not me. It's not the authentic gen, the, like how you're saying, the quirky, crazy part that's just got its problems and everything. And I think that's what people really connect to because I think we all are that way. We're all kind of a little mm-hmm. messy and a little quirky and don't think we got it together and we don't think we're perfect enough and everything. And so when we see somebody being real, we're like, oh my gosh, she's brave. She's amazing. I can connect into that because I want to be that. Yeah, exactly. Well, it brings hope too, right? When you see mm-hmm. something that is absolutely perfect or in your mind, perfect, you look at it or I do anyway, and I judge and I look at it and I'm like, oh, I could never do something like that. Yet, if I see somebody do something or something that it has is a little bit like flawed, sounds terrible, but you know, isn't that just like <clears throat> to that, like. Martha Stewart, like that whole thing. Right. And I see that and I'm like, you know, I could, I could probably do that. And I, I think that's why I love there. There's, there's a show it's called, um, nailed it. And <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen it? Oh uh, yes. Gosh, you know, people are supposed to, they, they have these things that have you seen it Beth? No, I'm listening. Oh my gosh. You have to find it. Especially from all three of your reactions. I'm not a big TV person. So I don't, is it on Netflix? I don't even know what, what it's on. I don't know what it's on either. Okay. Yeah. It's been a while. I'm sure I can find it. Okay. So tell me about Nailed It. Okay. So Nailed It is, it's people cooking. And they have like, let's say there's a cake and they have this picture of this cake uh, and how to bake it and decorate it. Right. Right. And they have this team and the people try to create like this cake or cookie or whatever it is. And it never looks like it. Yeah. Have the before, like the perfect shot. And then they always uh-huh. have their shot after and they're like, nailed it. Even though it looks like this totally <laughs> like, and it's just an opportunity to laugh and everything. And it reminds me of what I shared before about my decoration, my Christmas D big. Yeah. Tip. Yeah. The one on the front yeah. 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 Nailed that one. You nailed know, that. that's right. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anything that like lets that. us own who we are and yeah. step away from that Martha Stewart perfectionist that just wants to be so perfect. That's got to be why it feels so good. Well, I think we also like to see that, like I said before, not all of us are perfect. 
And I can really connect with people that are messy in that sense, because it connects with my messiness and my not perfection stuff. And I just love to see when people are just so them, they're just they're not, they're not, they're not scared to show it, you know, like, you know, that saying, you know, you're crazy showing, tuck it in. No, keep it out, girl. Keep, keep it out. Because me. I will be right there. Fly. You know? Let it fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh. And, and I think it gives people hope too, right? When, when somebody who's authentic. So Kaisa, when you started being yourself and just like being you, how did mm-hmm. you feel? honestly relieved yeah. I was like it's I a was lot like here to just be who you are yeah because that just makes me think of you know that just takes me back to when I identified like the dyslexia as like this first big weakness of my life and I giggle to myself now um with how I deal with it because you know, I spend a lot of time uh, teaching high schoolers, right? So um, as a sub, and um, I hate, absolutely loathe writing on the whiteboard, because chances are, something is going to go awry, something Uh might turn into not (laughs) English. And I, the way that I've just decided to deal with it is like, you know what? Nobody makes me laugh harder than myself. So I'm going to make the best dyslexia jokes ever about myself. (laughs) And when you do that to high schoolers, it just makes it that much better because like when I'm writing on the board and I can't figure out how to spell something, I'll just like really scribble it up. And I'm like, sorry, raging dyslexic moment. Like all the kids know. (laughs) And they're like, well, I can tell you how to spell it. And I'm like, no, do you know what this scribble means? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, that's the whole point of writing. So who cares if it's the actual <laughs> word? <laughs> I and they're just communicating like, it very clearly. There it is. Yeah. They're like, and when I point to that scribble, they know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm like, just letters. Why, why have them when you know what the scribble means? Well, and I love and, how your authenticity and your willingness to just be less than perfect engages every every part of them. They're they're going to remember that scribble word way better than they'll remember something in perfect cursive with perfect yeah. spelling. It's got meaning. Exactly. It's got work to them. It makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, you know, that, I mean, for me, if I had a teacher like that, that did that, I would just be like, whoa, that is like so cool. <laughs> Not to like put my yeah. own self on a pedestal, but I just feel like having had a teacher who did that when my myself, when me myself was struggling with this whole idea of I need to be seen as smart. Oh my goodness. Here's my teacher teaching me something and she can't spell a word. Like yeah. That's another, she's, it doesn't take away from their intelligence or whatever. So yeah, it's just, I know when my kids were little and I would take them to the pediatrician after three days of raging, you know, fever and screaming and misery. And mm-hmm. my pediatrician also had kids the same age that I did. And I'd come in and he would look terrible, you know, he'd come in <laughs> I'm like, I was like, yeah, ear infection. Huh? Yeah. I had two in my bed last night too, you know, and just that humanity 
um, allowing us to connect. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to be the perfect parent when I went in. It took everything off. And I still remember those days fondly and we didn't sleep, you know, and it was because of his willingness to just be authentic, to just be mm-hmm. who he was. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's funny because I was thinking about, and it's so memorable when we have those moments that we're like, oh my gosh, that's just me. And I messed it up so bad, but it turned out really good. I, I, I worked in a chiropractic office and I did the financial, the financials. So I would go in to speak with the patients about, you know, what the treatment plan was going to cost and how can we find a way for you to pay for it? And I remember just being so tired when, and it was at the end of the day and I went in and I called the patient the wrong name and (laughs) I sat down next to the patient and started talking about, okay, here's the treatment plan. And I was totally like giving, saying the wrong thing. And I was speaking backwards, dyslexia, you know, (laughs) like they weren't even words. And the patient's looking at me and I'm like, okay, t- time out. Pretend this never happened. It never happened. Start over. You didn't see me. You didn't see me. I was never in this room. I'm just going to step out and get a drink of water. Again. <laughs> so I went out and I, you know, you're just mortified because you're like, oh my gosh, this patient must think I'm just the biggest bits ever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So I stepped away took a breath and collected my thoughts and went back in and started over again, just like it had never happened. And she just burst out laughing. She's like, oh my gosh. And she's probably thinking, you're just like me, right? Just being authentic and being who you are. I could have been like so mortified and tried to push through it and tried to, you know, just cover my tracks and but then I would have just it would have been so awkward I would yeah and and it would have been awkward for the patient right and I would have become so small I think that's what it would have been so controlling that's the difference because when you came back in the door and started over with humor admitting your mistakes that's when the power came in the power of the connection and the control would have just been miserable for both of you yeah Mm -hmm. wow yeah, <laughs> I love that. JC and I love you all the more now. That's just fantastic. <laughs> uh, I've done yeah. the same thing. Walked out and said, okay, just a minute. Walked out of the room and then came in and started fresh. Because sometimes you just have to. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Kaisa, what a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your, your story. And so just laying it out there. And can you tell our listeners and those who are watching you on Facebook, on our channel or on, on, uh, see, here we are again, YouTube on our channel. (laughs) Um, and what we'll do also on our channel is put a link to Mm -hmm. your YouTube channel. And if you could do this, that would be great. We could share it. Yeah. That way people can watch your interview with us and they can also view um, your page. So tell us about who you are and and what you do, mental health naps. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for what you do, mental health and naps. I know what life means. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And 
to be honest, some of my biggest problems have been solved with a good nap. It's just so great. Um, so yeah, so my online presence or whatever you want to call it is called mental health naps. Um, I have a YouTube channel under that name, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And essentially what I do is I show my life or talk about my life dealing with, um, or centered on having severe sleep apnea and where the whole mental health part comes in is because I suffer from severe depression and anxiety and it got to the point where I wasn't responding to any of the regular mental health treatments and it was like a last ditch effort to check out my sleep and to get a sleep study and we weren't expecting to find anything me and the my um what do you call it uh mental health nurse practitioner um and the sleep doctor I met with he's like we're probably not going to find anything but it's always good to check and then bam the morning after my sleep study it was severe sleep apnea so um Yeah. So essentially my content is all about the ups and downs, a positive perspective of having to have a CPAP machine and, you know, making that work. And at the same time, having a good time with it because, you know, I've been diagnosed with sleep apnea for almost six years now, though we think that I might have been dealing with it for a lot longer than that because you know born probably with narrow airways like that seems like something from birth yeah um and just honestly kind of coming back full circle with this whole topic and you know my life isn't perfect here I am with a sleep disorder and the treatment isn't perfect and that's okay. It's okay. And, you know, you can still have a beautiful life despite, you know, having to constantly be on top of upkeeping um, the CPAP machine to make sure you're treating your sleep apnea to make sure that you're managing mental health. So yeah, that's essentially what I do. So good. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We really, really appreciate it. It's me. You inspired me to go be more me, which I just love. Good. I already hear I'm a lot. So to be a little bit more will be a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There you go. There you go. Go be more you. I love it. That was beautiful. We have some cool things coming up. We've got this great class coming up with Jen next Thursday. Um, it's going to be on listening, but it's kind of interesting. She's got a topic of, did you know your body can talk? You want to tell us about it, Jen? Did you know your body can talk? We know that your body is talking to you at all times. Um, it's about learning what is behind some of the, the difficulties I have, whether it's like, um, I have a pain in my, in my back, or I have this condition or, or I have that condition or why am I always tripping or things like this? We're, we're learning that our body can communicate with us and tell us what's happening at a deeper level emotionally and mentally. And so mm-hmm. we're just going to um, discover some of that and then possibly even get into how we can actually communicate with our body by asking at, you know, the body 
at that deeper level, okay, you're letting me know that I've got this. So at that deeper level, what are you trying to say to me? What need is not being met on that emotional level or what do I need to let go of or what do I need to address? And so we're just going to kind of dabble into that, um, how, you know, physical, um, physical issues can, they have a deeper emotional meaning to us. Just, I'm excited to see that class. It's going to be a big week because next week on Thursday, we have that, um, that class with you. But on Monday, we have a class on Coaching Clear. If you guys haven't been to Coach and Clear yet, I don't know if you've experienced Coach and Clear, Kaisa. No, but it's not, not yet. It's a once a week. Yeah, a once a week. We meet at 1.30 Central on Tuesdays. And we go through, um, as a group, this Coach, Clear, Create model. And so people come in and we talk about what it is that they want to work on. And then we use the collective power of the group to look at emotional processing and help everybody in the group process what they need to process. And then we take a few minutes after that clearing part and let everybody write down what they felt inspired to do and talk about how they want to go forward and how their what their action plan is. We do it every week. Well, one of the girls in our mastermind group asked, because she works during the day, she can't come. Can we, can we like have a class or something so I can learn how this works and maybe we can do it? And so we put it together for her and then opened it up for everybody. So it's going to be on the first at seven o'clock in the evening central so that all of those people who work during the day can still come and experience the goodness of a coaching clear session. Pretty stoked about it. I think it's going to be great. And then today's Monday, right? Okay. Wednesday. Yeah. It's been a really long time since I got up this morning. I'm thinking, is it Wednesday yet? (laughs) Book club. We have book club on Wednesday. You want to tell us about that, JC? Oh my gosh. Atlas of the heart with Brene Brown. You guys, if you haven't gotten the book, get the book. We'd love to have you come and join us for book club, but there's so much, so much in this book. Um, Learning to have names for our emotions is so, so powerful and knowing what the definitions are for those words are really powerful. And so in our book club, we're having the discussions on what those look like. Um, And this week we are on chapters six and seven. So to discuss, and that happens, it's 1.30 central time for for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find it on the 50, 50 girl club page. It's got the link on there for Trey Vega book club. Yeah. And I say a little bit about this book. Um, I just, besides being a big Brene Brown fan, um, I have taught, um, cause I'm an emotional mentor also, um, coach. I have taught on emotions mm-hmm. and the average person can only, um, name maybe five emotions, even if I ask them, what, what emotions have you felt throughout the day or without the week? Because we, we, unless we're taught this and it's something we like to study, we don't really know all the nuances behind the different types of emotions. And a lot of people, it's like, oh, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm happy. And beyond mm-hmm. that, they kind of think, what are some, oh, I've felt this before, I felt that before, but they just really can't name it and give it a definition. And this book I, is what Renee Brown has put out to help us name it, as JC likes to say, to claim it, to understand ourselves, name it, to claim it. And so it's, it's so packed full of information, 
so that we can see, oh, I have felt this in my life. I just didn't know it. And as soon as we are aware, then we can actually, I think, navigate our life better, whether we want to continue to feel that emotion or change it and do something different with it. But it's yeah, interesting. It's empowering. It, it, it empowers Absolutely. us, right? Yeah. 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 Name it to tame it. Can't Name say it enough about this it. book. Yeah. So. We need words. Mm-hmm. Yes, we need our words for sure. Whether they're backwards or forwards, it doesn't matter. We yes, our scribbles. We need our scribbles. For the scribbles. And yeah. all. Yes. And when they're <laughs> written, and when they're spoken, there's power in that. It is a beautiful thing. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate your time. And thank you, thank you, Kaisa. Please come back. It was a oh, Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. This was great. So, so absolutely. You're yeah. on my hero list, girlfriend. Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. Art. Bye, guys. <laughs> Yeah. I can choose to be happy, choose to be free, moment by moment. It's all up to me, cause what I think about, I bring about. That's the way it is, and there is no doubt. Day by day, I pave the way with every little thought I think. Thanks for joining us today in a creator-based life. I hope you felt that compassion, mindfulness, and hope you came seeking today. You can find more of it at cmhcoaching.com or on linktree slash cmhcoaching. Of course, any social media outlet, we're there too. Because you felt the benefit and light in this message, please invite those you care deeply about to join us. Help us to create a ripple effect across the globe of compassion, mindfulness, and hope. Then we can create a creator-based life together. Have a great week, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Moment by moment, it's all up to me. Cause what I think about, I bring about. That's the 